Good evening, and welcome back to Breathing Space, the quietest corner of the internet. I'm Sam. Join me Monday through Thursday every week for a relaxing podcast to help you wind down, de-stress, and drift off into the deep sleep you deserve. Hit the follow button now to never miss an episode and begin building a breathing space bedtime routine that serves you. Come to a comfortable position and allow your eyes to drift closed after another long day. Draw a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out through your mouth. Breathe in and out. With each in-breath, your body is growing calmer, and with every out-breath, you can feel your mind beginning to clear. Take a moment to visualize yourself stretched out on the soft golden sands of a beach. You can feel the sunlight warming your skin and helping your muscles to loosen and relax. The sun's warmth travels from the crown of your head across the muscles of your face, helping them to soften. You can feel the tension in your jaw releasing as the heat of the sun sinks beneath your skin. Feel that same warmth traveling down into your shoulders, helping them to sink back into the soft sand beneath you. Feel your core release and soften in the sunlight, allowing your breath to sink and settle a little deeper within you. Feel your hips opening and your legs releasing as that gentle heat washes through them. Feel the tension bound up in your body, draining through the soles of your feet in the loosening heat. Lying there, Know that this is your time to rest and relax, to wind down and de-stress. Now, if you're feeling ready, tonight's tale can begin. The Odyssey, Book One Seizing her strong spear pointed with brass, in length and bulk and weight a matchless beam, with which the Jove-born goddess levels ranks of heroes against whom her anger burns. From the Olympian summit, down she flew, and on the threshold of Alisa's hall in Ithaca, and within his vestibule apparent stood. There, grasping her bright spear, 
Menti as she seemed, the hospitable chief of Tafu's Isle. She found the haughty throng of suitors, they before the palace gate, with ivory cubes supported on numerous hides, reclined of oxen which themselves had slain. The busy heralds there ministered to them, these their mantling cups with water slack. With bulbous sponges, those made clean the tables, set the banquet on, and portioned out to each his plenteous share. Long ere the rest, Telemachus himself marked her, for sad amid them all he sat, portraying in deep thought contemplative his noble sire and questioning if yet perchance the hero might return to chase from all his palace that imperious herd to his own honour, lord of his own home. Amid them musing thus, sudden he saw the goddess and sprang forth, for he abhorred to see a guest's admittance long delayed. Approaching eager, her right hand he seized, the brazen spear he took from her, and in words with welcome, winged Minerva thus addressed the stranger. All hail, to share our cordial love. Thou comest, the banquet finished, thou shalt next inform me wherefore thou hast here arrived. So saying, towards the spacious hall he moved, followed by Pallas and arriving soon beneath the lofty roof, placed her bright spear within the pillar's cavity. Long time, the armory where many a spear had stood, bright weapons of his own illustrious sire. Then, leading her toward a footstool throne magnificent, which first he overspread with linen. There he seated her, apart from that rude throng, and for himself disposed a throne of various colours at her side. Lest, stunned with clamour of the lawless band, the new arrived should loath perchance to eat, and that more free he might the stranger's ear with questions of his absent sire address. And now a maiden charged with golden ewer, and with an argent laver, pouring fast pure water on their hands, supplied them next with a resplendent table, which the chaste directness of the stores furnished with bread and dainties remnants of the last regale, then in his turn, the sewer with savoury meats, dish after dish, served them of various kinds, and golden cups beside the charges placed, which the attendant herald filled with wine. Ere long, 
In rushed the suitors, and the thrones and couches occupied on all whose hands the herald poured pure water. Then the maids attended them with bread in baskets heaped, and eager they assailed the ready feast. At length, when neither thirst nor hunger more, they felt unsatisfied to new delights, their thoughts they returned to song and sprightly dance, enlivening sequel of the banquet's joys. A herald then to Femus' hand consigned his beauteous Lyra, Telemachus his head inclining nigh to Pallas' ear, lest others should his words witness. The blue-eyed goddess thus bespake, my inmate and my friend, far from my lips, be every word that might dispense thine ear. The song, the harp, what can they less than charm these wantons, who the bread unpurchased eat of one whose bones on yonder continent lie mouldering drenched by all the showers of heaven, or roll at random in the billowy deep. Ah, could they see him once to his own isle restored, both gold and rement, they would wish far less, and nimbleness of foot instead. But he, alas, hath by a wretched fate past question perished, and what news so o'er we hear of his return, kindles no hope in us, convinced that he returns no more. But answer undissembling, tell me true, who art thou? Whence? Where stands thy city? Where thy father's mansion? In what kind of ship camest thou? Why steered the mariners their course to Ithaca? And of what land are they? For that on foot thou foundst us not is sure. This also tell me, hast thou now arrived new to our isle? Or wast thou heretofore my father's guest? since many in our house restored in those happier days. Fate drew powerful to himself the hearts of all. Then Pallas thus, cruelly and I, I will with all simplicity of truth, thy questions satisfy. 